Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church. We sing together. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can you say than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus has fled. Fear not, I am with you. Oh, be not dismayed, for I am your God and will still give you aid. I'll strengthen thee, help you, and cause you to stand upheld by my righteous Omnipotent hand. The soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That so though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That so though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never. No, never, no, never forsake. Never once did he ever walk alone. Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. Every step we are breathing in your grace. Evermore we'll be breathing out your praise. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. You are faithful. God, you are faithful. Sing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Never once 
Did we ever walk alone? Never once did you leave us on our own. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. Every step we are breathing in your grace. Evermore we'll be breathing out your praise. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. You are faithful, God, you are faithful. My glory and the lifter of my head. Thou, O Lord, are for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and And good morning to you from Bryansburg Baptist Church. We are so glad you're joined with us, uh, either on Facebook Live or TV. We're glad you're there. Invite you in your home, your living room to sing along with us and worship the God through these times. Uh, the scripture I want to share this morning is from Psalm 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roam and roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we come to you on this Lord's Day. So much is happening in our world, our community, our country today, and much of it is frightening. But Lord, we know that you are the God of all, and you are in control. And Lord, through the storms that we are going to weather, you are there with us. And we give you praise and thanks. Right now for these few moments, Lord, help us to put all that aside. Focus upon you and to praise your name, to lift you up, to listen to the word you want to share with us this day. Lord, we praise you. We love you. Lord, we know we are safe in your arms. We are safe in your arms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's another song he talks about, a medley of songs called that we are safe in his arms. I want you to sing with me as we praise him today. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea. 
so burdened with sin and distress till I heard a sweet voice saying make me your choice and I entered the haven of rest I've in the haven of rest I'll sail the wide seas no more the tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep but in Jesus I am saved evermore when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea Oh, 
I'll be safe in my Father's arms. I'll be safe in my Father's arms. We are in His presence. For all peace, calm is found. Sing that song with me, Scott. In the presence of John. In the presence of Jehovah, Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Well, welcome. Uh, We are so glad to have you with us uh, here at Bryansford Baptist Church. You're over here right now. Uh, television, you're over here now. Uh, we're, we're so glad to have you with us today and uh, so thankful to be able to uh, sing together. We're so thankful to be able to uh, give together, so thankful to be able to pray together, and so thankful this morning to be able to study God's Word together. 
And uh, I, I wish I could just reach out there and give you a hug, but the social distancing tells us that we're supposed to be six feet apart, so I can't do that. But, but virtually, we're, we're giving you a hug this morning and so glad to be able to be with you. Um, again, I want to let you know just up front where everybody is. We've got, uh, we've got six people here, so we're under the ten people, and all of us are six feet away from each other. So thankful for Brother uh, Rockney leading us in wonderful worship this morning. Praise the Lord. Uh, we needed to hear those songs. We need to hear those songs of hope and who our Heavenly Father is and who our Savior Jesus Christ is. Uh, thankful for uh, some of our deacons being here this morning. Uh, Steve and Eric are, are running our sound and Facebook Live, and we got Brother Daryl behind glass uh, doing our television for us, and Miss Debbie's here. She's got her, her gloves and everything else on, so we're all safe. Uh, we're away from each other, uh, but I'm glad that we can bring this service to you this morning, this time of worship to you. This morning, again, I want to thank you for the prayers. Uh, while we were in Brazil, God did amazing things. Uh, just, we're going to share with you over the next few weeks some of the miracles that God performed while we were there. And then just getting home was a miracle. There's uh, several things that, that had to take place there, but God took care of us, and we know that's because of your wonderful prayer support while we were gone. I appreciate Brother Rockney and uh, Brother Mark Sickling, our director of missions here in Blood River, uh, coming and, and, and doing such a great job with the service last week, something that we really needed. Uh, those of us in Brazil, we got to be live with you, and we worshiped with you even on the boat as we headed back to Manaus to catch our plane. We were there and we were worshiping with you and what a wonderful time that was. I want to remind you that we do have opportunities for you to be able to give right now. Um, so thankful uh, for, for those ways that we have right now. And we're coming up with hopefully some new ways for you to be able to give even starting next Sunday. Um, but right now, here's the two ways we want you to be able to give. Uh, we, we continue to ask you to tithe because we have more needs now than ever before. Uh, trying to minister to those who are uh, in our community hurting, but also so many of the ministries that we help. Uh, we still need to, to step up and, and be a, of a help to them. And so here at Brinesburg, uh, we're asking you to mail those in to 892 Brinesburg Road, Benton, Kentucky, 42025. So you can mail them in, or if you'd feel better about bringing them by the office, uh, we know that Amber will be here on Wednesday, and you can bring them by the office. She's not going to open the window, but she'll let you in the office, and there'll be a basket for you to place those in, uh, so you don't have to worry about uh, being in contact with anybody. There will be a basket inside the uh, front door of the office for you to place those in, and we can get them that way. If you are a member of another church and you're joining us this morning, please faithfully give to your church, to your home church. Your home church is desperately trying to meet the needs of folks around us, and they need your giving. They need your tithing just as much, if not more now than ever before. And so I ask you to give faithfully. Continue to show the Lord uh, uh, the faithfulness that he, that he is showing to us. And uh, again, this, this time of the year is our uh, offering for Annie Armstrong and North American uh, Mission Board offering. For our missionaries who are in uh, North America, that's United States, Canada, Puerto Rico. And uh, those, those folks need our help as well right now. So, so remember that offering. And uh, remember that, that this is a very important time for the North American Mission Board to be able to fund those missionaries out on the field. And so whether you be our Brinesburg folks or whether you be from another church, I ask you to continue to give and, and continue to be faithful in that area. 
Um, we, we are excited, though, to be back uh, and to be able to share with you this morning. And I believe the Lord has a word for us this morning. It was good for uh, many of us to be able to even have virtual Sunday school this morning uh, through some technology that's now available to us. Uh, we were able to get on our phones and tablets and, and computers, and we were able to have class. I was able to teach our uh, young couple Sunday school class. I know uh, Brother Daryl was able to t- teach the other couple Sunday school class. And so if you're part of our church or another church and you want to join into that, you just uh, let us know uh, through Facebook Live, or, or you can uh, even call us and ask us about that, but we'll get you involved in a Sunday school class because we don't want anybody to feel distant. We want you to all know that we're in this together and we're going to get through it together. Um, I'm so glad to be able to have these technologies here at Brinesburg. I'm so thankful for our television ministry. I'm so thankful for our Facebook Live ministry that allows us to be able to share like this uh, even though we can't physically be together. And I never would have imagined just a couple of weeks ago, though, that we would be conducting services to pretty much empty pews to cameras. Um, but we're in this uh, all together today. Uh, but also, as I was thinking this week, I'm so thankful that the church, the ecclesia, is not a building. That it's not the physical address here at 892 Brinesburg Road, but that we are Brinesburg Baptist Church family. That we're a family of believers, we're a body of believers. And so regardless of if we're in the same building, we are still the church. And so we can still worship together this morning. And God is still pleased with our worship as long as we bring a heart uh, that, it, that is lifted up to him in praise and in worship. And so this morning we are worshiping. This morning we're going to give him our all today. And so in the past two weeks, weeks, much of what we have known as a community, much of what we have known as families and as as individuals has been stripped away. Um, We have seen young and old alike who have been stricken with COVID-19. And what we once thought was was, uh, ability to be healthy because we live in this place with with so many uh, available hospitals and healthcare services, that health is not a promise anymore. We have seen the stock market, we've seen much of our economy um, decline to levels where we haven't seen it in in several years, all just in a matter of weeks. We have seen many of our jobs uh, either change drastically, I know mine has, um, but many of you are experiencing even layoffs right now, and that's difficult and it's scary, and we understand that. Many of us have seen our schools from our colleges and universities to our high schools, to our middle schools, our elementary schools, even our preschools have had to close. And we no longer have that traditional model of learning, but we've had to move to this online model of education. And for our teachers and parents alike, that's been difficult because we, we take such identity in our schools so often. We've seen our sports world flipped upside down. We have seen professional teams all the way down to our college and high school and, and middle school and elementary school, even little league. Our sports have had to stop. And that's been difficult because so often we, we view ourselves in those terms of who our team is. We've even had to see our idea of worship, we know even this morning, has been transformed from the modern idea of worship inside of, of a church building um, back to more of the first century model where we are worshiping this morning at many different campuses inside of your own homes, in in your house, on your couch, or in your your recliner, but you're together with your family, and we're worshiping together with our church family. 
But my question for you this morning is a very simple question. When all is stripped away, when everything that we used to maybe identify ourselves with is stripped away, what still remains? I believe the answer this morning will encourage you, uplift you, and challenge you in the week ahead. And so this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, we'll be looking at verses 19 through 26. And as you're turning there in your Bibles, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we are so very thankful for the technology that allows us to be able, even though we are separate, to be together. Lord, we are thankful for uh, the opportunity to worship today. And Lord, we know because we as believers have the Holy Spirit himself dwelling within us that you are here with us. Even for those who can't be with their family and are at their house and they're the only one there, they are not alone. Because you were there and as a church family we're together worshiping together. And so this morning as we look at, at what you want to teach us from what we're going through as a nation, as a world, as a, as a local community, as a church, as individuals, uh, Lord, help us to see that you will receive glory from all of this. And so, Lord, if there's even one today who's watching and, and they don't yet know you as Savior and as Lord, I pray that at the end of this service they would recognize they are not alone, that they can reach out and we are here. And we would love to talk to them over the phone and we would love to share with them how they can come to know you as Savior and as Lord. Just because we're in our homes doesn't mean today cannot be a day of salvation for many. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do a work, a mighty work, that will only be accredited to you. Lord, I know I'm a very weak vessel. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, if you will, in your homes, wherever you may be today, if you would, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. As we look here at John chapter 4, John chapter 4, we'll be looking together at verses 19 through 26. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah, Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. You may be seated. I want you to see three things this morning. And the first is, as we look at this scripture, the question, what has been taken away? What has been taken away? Here in this passage of scripture, here in John chapter 4, very familiar passage of scripture, we see Jesus and the sinful Samaritan woman at the well. And in this familiar text, uh, we see that Jesus is traveling through Galilee. And we're told that he must needs go through Samaria. 
And why was it? Why must he go through Samaria? Well, it was because God the Father had already made an appointment for Jesus that he was going to keep with this woman at the well. And this morning, just a, a side note that I wanted you to see as we begin this, 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 look at this text, is that you see that no matter where you find yourself, no matter what place that you are in, you are where Jesus will come and meet you. So wherever your home may be, wherever you find yourself this morning, you're not alone. You're in a place where Jesus will come and meet you because God the Father has already made an appointment that Jesus Christ is going to keep today. But also notice this woman had been stripped of most everything that we might think would be important for a happy and whole life. First of all, when you look at these verses, when you look back at verses 17 and 18, see this woman was a known sinner. She had been moving from man to man, never finding true happiness, never finding a relationship of of any lasting worth. And so she had just gone from one man to the next, and she had lost all social standing by this time, which is why we see that she had gone in the very heat of the day at noon to go and to draw water. You see, there's a reason why no one draws water in the middle of the day. Do you know why that is? Because it's hot. That's why. Because it's hot. And, and, and we learned this, this principle in Brazil just this last few weeks. While we were there, of course, what we were doing is we were building a church. And so uh, we were building it from the ground up, literally. And so we had to do a lot of moving of dirt. We had to dig the footers. Uh, we had to uh, mix the, the concrete. We had to pour the concrete. Uh, we, we were just moving dirt and, and doing heavy labor uh, the entire time that we were there. And if you've ever been to Brazil, if you've ever been to any, any place close to the equator like that, you know that it is hot. And so uh, in the middle of the day, come about 12 o'clock, all the Brazilians would tell us, you're going to have to go inside. And so we would go back inside and we'd have a light lunch. And guess what? We would take a nap. You had to take a nap because you were just drained. There's a reason why in Brazil, no one works during the middle of the day because it is hot. And you would have to be out of your mind to try to work during that hottest part of the day. Well, that's true here as well. No sane person would have gone to draw water in the middle of the day in the Middle East. It was hot, and so people didn't do it. Unless that person, however, had a desire to avoid the looks and the cutting remarks that are always directed at the socially broken. And that's what this woman was experiencing. Everything had been stripped away from her. She also knew simply from being a Samaritan what it was to be locked out religiously. The Jews viewed the Samaritans, as we've talked about many times before, as a half-breed people. The Samaritans were Jews who had gone and intermarried with the people around about them. They had married others, Gentiles, and therefore their children were not full-blooded Israelites. And so they were seen, these Samaritans, as a half-breed people. They were forbidden then from worshiping in Jerusalem. They were forbidden from going to the temple and worshiping there. And, and of course, in that time, the temple, that was the center of worship. That, that's where, if you were going to worship, that's where you had to be. And so because they were banned from going and worshiping at the temple, they had begun to worship on the high places. They had begun to offer their worship on the mountain, which had caused them to be seen by the Israelites even more as outcasts. We see other examples throughout Scripture 
of God stripping away all that people had once clung to, all that people had once seen as their identity, of taking it all away at once. And I think the greatest example of that for us is, is if, you, if you turn to, to Exodus in the Old Testament, and if we look at Exodus chapters 7 through 12, we see there in the great exodus of the Israelites out of Egypt and, and into the wilderness and, and eventually to the promised land, we see God himself stripping away every single false god of the Egyptians. Now, when I first came as pastor here, uh, I, I went through a very detailed study of just this, of the way that God stripped away all of the different idols that were seen uh, in Egypt. And so I want us to look at that briefly, very briefly this morning. And as we look at that, I want you to, to hang with me because it's going to take us just a, a couple minutes. But I want you to see how this is very, very uh, similar to what we see happening in America today. We see the identity that Egypt had. We see that Egypt, that there was the god of Egypt, Hape, the Egyptian god of the Nile. This Egyptian god was, was a water bearer. They identified themselves with the Nile. The Nile would take care of them. And so the Egyptian plague was the water was turned to blood. This first plague was given to the Egyptians from God so that they would recognize the, the waters of the Nile cannot save you. In fact, they will kill you. The second, the goddess of Egypt, Heket, the Egyptian goddess of fertility, of water, of renewal. Heket, the Egyptian goddess, had the head of a frog. And so guess what God did? The Egyptian plague, frogs coming out of the Nile, destroying life. The third god of Egypt, Geb, the Egyptian god of earth. The Egyptian god Geb was, was over the dust of the earth. And so what did God do? The Egyptian plague? Lice was brought out of the dust of the earth to plague the people. The fourth god of Egypt, Kepri, the Egyptian god of creation, movement, and of the sun, of rebirth. Kepri, the Egyptian god, had the head of a fly. So what did God do? The plague was a swarm of flies. And this fourth Egyptian plague, which consisted of flies, begins the great miracle of separation, of, of differentiation here. Moses meets Pharaoh at the Nile River in the morning, and he made the demand, speaking on behalf of the Lord, and he says, let my people go that they may serve me. And again, Pharaoh hardens his heart and he disregards this request, resulting then in, in, in a pronouncement of swarms of flies. But this time, only the Egyptians are afflicted. The Israelites are not afflicted by this plague. Fifth, the goddess of Egypt of Hathor, the Egyptian goddess of love and protection. Usually, this Egyptian goddess was depicted with the head of a cow. And so what was the plague that God brought? Once again, the Egyptian plague was the death of all cattle, the death of all livestock. Moses once again demanded Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. Revealing once again the next Egyptian plague to occur on condition of the continued disobedience to this request. This plague was given with the advanced warning, allowing a period of repentance to occur. But they would not repent. The sixth goddess of Egypt, Isis, the Egyptian goddess of medicine and of peace. And so what was the plague that God brought about? Ashes turned to boils and sores. This unannounced sixth plague of, e of Egypt was given for the first time directly attacking the Egyptian people themselves, attacking their bodies. And they would not repent. The seventh goddess of Egypt, Newt, Egyptian goddess of the sky. And so what was the Egyptian plague? Hail rained down in the form of fire from heaven, from the skies above. 
once again attacking that very God. The eighth God of Egypt, Seth, the Egyptian God of storms and disorder, the Egyptian plague, locusts were sent from the sky. The ninth plague, the God of Egypt of Ra. Ra was the Egyptian God of the sun. And and they identified themselves most clearly with Ra. And so here we see that this God of the sun, this, this ninth plague, for three days, complete darkness was brought upon Egypt. Not just outside, but even inside of their homes. Complete and total darkness fell upon Egypt. An unannounced darkness. Darkness was, was a representation of death and of judgment and of hopelessness. And darkness was complete. It was a complete and total absence of light. For three whole days, God was saying, there is no God of Ra. There is only me. Still no repentance. And so here comes the tenth and final and worst plague of all. The Egyptian god, Pharaoh himself. You see, yes, Ra was an important god, but no god was greater to the Egyptian people than Pharaoh himself. The ultimate power of Egypt, the the ultimate representation of who they were. And so God attacked that god himself. We see that the Egyptian plague, the plague that God brought, was a death angel taking the life of Pharaoh's very own son and the firstborn in every other home in Egypt as well. In America, I believe we have many false gods as well that we may not name like the Egyptians named theirs, but we most certainly worship with our affection, with our time, with our resources, with our love. I would suggest to you this morning that we have many things here in America that are our gods that we identify ourselves with much more than we identify God. Americans have the God of health. Many of us view ourselves as as, as so strong, such self-made men and women that we could never be afflicted by sickness. And we've seen that this very week with, with college students on beaches flaunting in front of the nation that they don't think that they can get sick, but they can All of us can. All of us can be afflicted with this illness. And so COVID-19 has shown us just how mortal we truly are as a people. Second American God that I see is the God of money. Oh, we identify ourselves with money here in America. We believe it is the source of great power. We believe that our economy is what will rescue us every single time. And therefore, we don't really have to turn to God. But then here comes COVID-19. And it's devastated our economy in just a few short weeks. Thirdly, as Americans, we identify ourselves with our jobs, don't we? With our careers. If you ask a person in America, for the most part, uh, who are you? They're going to say, well, my name is and I am a. I'm a teacher. I I work at the plant. I am a farmer. I I am a a doctor. I am a lawyer. I am a pharmacist. I'm, I'm a preacher. I identify myself so often that way. But this week, this week we, we have seen our jobs either drastically change where we're not doing anything like we used to do it, or we've been laid off from work. And what we used to identify ourselves with and by has been stripped away. COVID-19 has taken away our, our, our very definition of who we are through our jobs. The fourth American God I see is defining ourselves by our schools. Now, usually that's seen as a good thing. 
But we pride ourselves, especially here in Marshall County, we are Marshall County Marshals. We are Murray State Racers. We are University of Kentucky Wildcats. We're Louisville Cardinals. We're, we're whatever you want to name in there. And so we identify ourselves in those ways. Sometimes even before we identify ourselves as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here comes COVID-19 and it's taken away our schools. And no longer are we sending our kids to a building, but we are teaching them ourselves. We've had to learn how to be educators. We've had to learn how to pour into our kids that way. The fifth God I see is the American God of sports. We are willing to sacrifice almost anything in America for sports. We think if, if we can just get our kid on the right team, if they can just practice enough, if they can just go to enough weekend tournaments on Sundays and practice enough on Wednesday nights, that they're going to make it big time and they're going to get their college paid for. We'll do about anything it takes to get to our favorite team, whether it be our little league sports or our, our middle school or high school or our college or our professional sports, but that's been taken away this week. Some of those games in the very midst of them being played were stopped. And God has said, no, with COVID-19, it's all been taken away. It's been taken away so quickly that we almost don't know what happened. So much of our daily routine, so many of the priorities of life have been stripped away in just a few short weeks. But the second question I have for you this morning is what has been left standing? If so much has been taken away, what has been left standing today? God and God alone. After the final plague in Egypt, God and God alone was the undisputed, undefeated, unmatched, King of kings, Lord of lords, God of gods. That is who he is. And he made it clear. God said, you want to identify yourself with all of those false gods? Well, each plague will show you that I am greater. You trust in the false god of the Nile rather than me, the Lord your God, for security? The Nile will be taken away. He said, you, must, you want to trust in the false god of renewal and of, and of fertility rather than the Lord God uh, for renewal? Then it will be taken away. He says, you trust in the false god of the earth to protect you rather than the Lord God who created the earth? The earth will turn against you. He said, you trust in the false god of creation rather than the god who created it? Creation will attack you. He said, you trust in the false god of love represented by your cattle? Rather than God alone, who is love, all the cattle, all the livestock will be taken away from you. He says, you trust in the false God of medicine rather than the God who is the great physician, your health will be taken away from you. He says, you trust in the false God of the sky rather than the Lord, then you will receive hell and fire from that very sky. He says, you trust in the false God of storms and disorder rather than the, the Lord, then you will receive disorder in the form of storms of locusts. He said, you trust in the false God of the sun rather than the son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the sun itself will be turned against you. You trust in Pharaoh. You trust in him. You trust in a, in a leader rather than in the Lord, the very son of Pharaoh, and all of the firstborn will be taken away. Whatever you represent yourself with, whatever you define yourself with, if it is not the Lord God, it will be stripped away. He will receive honor. He will receive glory. He will receive praise. God and God alone stood victorious when all else was stripped away. Who stands when all is stripped away in our lives? Who stands when all is stripped away in America, in Marshall County, in your home, when our health is no longer promised to us? 
Jesus Christ is still faithful. And when our economy is failing us, Jesus Christ is still faithful. And when our jobs and our careers that so often define ourselves by are taken away, Jesus Christ is still faithful. And when our identity with our schools is taken away, Jesus Christ is still faithful. And when our sports that so often consume us and our time and our money are taken away, Jesus Christ is still faithful. He still stands. This Sunday, what has been left standing when all else has been stripped away? The Lord stands victorious. The Lord stands alone. Many have spent time this week in God's Word. Maybe you haven't been there in a while. Not, not, not like this. Not really digging in. Not really listening. But this week, this week you've been in God's Word. Many have spent more time on their knees in prayer than they have in a very long time because you're seeking after the Lord. He stands alone. Many have discovered the importance of their church family this past week. I praise the Lord for for the virtual Sunday school parties that have happened this week as we've gotten on the, the Zoom app. And we've, we've spent time talking with each other. It, it was so loud on there. We were laughing and, and talking and wanting to share. We had several Sunday, Sunday school classes doing that because we long for each other. We love each other. And we've been reminded of how we need each other. Many have started to realize that God really does hold every aspect of our lives in his hand. That we're not in control. That he is. The Lord has caused us to count our blessings this week. He's caused us to count the blessing of our families. This week, our homes have become everything to us. And if your home is like my home, then you did some things this week maybe you haven't done in a long time. Um, You know, my home, we are busy, busy, busy all the time. And we're running from activity to practice to appointment to meeting uh, like crazy people. Never having time to just sit down and relax and be with each other. But not this week. Not this week. No, this week we gathered together and we prayed several times this week. My sweet little Liz Kate is really learning to love prayer. And she's learned to, to pray for the people in our church that are, that are going through cancer and, and other issues. And she's praying for them every day. And she's learning to pray for our church that she wants to be back here and, and praying for uh, this, this illness, for a cure to be found. My kids are learning to, to, to do that on their own because they hear us praying. It's a wonderful thing. This week, as, as, as we've spent so much time at home every night, we've, we've learned how to play board games. And my, my family has learned to laugh at me because I'm really, really bad at board games. And they, uh, they have learned that I don't ever win. And they kind of like that. The kids especially kind of like that. But, but we've learned that. This week, we've, we've spent time uh, you know, cuddled up on the couch, and we've watched a lot of of those uh, wonderful Christian films that have come out here lately and been encouraged as, as we've seen people on, on that screen sharing their faith and encouraged to do that ourselves. And it's been awesome, it, just cuddling up and, and letting God speak to our hearts through, through that venue of, of media. This week we've, we've had the opportunity to read a lot, read a lot of books together, read the Bible together. This week we've, we've gone on family walks and, and we've shared with one another. Like Maybe we haven't done it in a long time. Because God has slowed us down. When all is stripped away, Jesus and Jesus alone remains. And he points us back to what has always been most important. It's faith 
family, period. We have learned that's all we need. But then thirdly, who has been glorified? When all is stripped away, when we see the one who stands, who has been glorified? This woman at the well came and Jesus stripped all away and revealed himself to her as the Messiah. But most importantly, through all that that we have seen here, through all that has been stripped away, notice who was glorified. When this woman who, who, had, who had lost all standing in the community, when she had, had no rights of worshiping at the temple in Jerusalem, when all of that had been stripped away, when, when Jesus had, had said, I know what you're doing, I know these men that you've been with, what, what, what happens here is he, he reveals himself as Christ, as Messiah, as the only one left standing. Jesus Christ has been lifted high. He was lifted high here. He was lifted high in Egypt. And he will be lifted high in the United States of America. What has happened this week? We have a president. And I don't care what his name is. I don't care what you think about him. He has been on his face in the Oval Office in prayer. He has been humbled during this. That's something to glorify the Lord for. We've had governors and local officials who have asked us to pray. That's something to thank the Lord for. He has been glorified through this. It is in the very midst of the raging storm that Jesus Christ stands tall. You see, none of this is about us. It's all about God's glory. And he will receive glory. We want to be so self-consumed so often we think it's all about us, but it's not. It's about him. The Father will receive glory. All of life is really about him. And I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about what so many of you are going through. You know, your job loss might be what it takes to maybe drive you to a place of just depending completely and totally on the Lord and watching him bring you through that trial and growing ever closer to him through it. Maybe that cancer diagnosis is what it's going to take in your life to bring a loved one to Jesus. It'll be the issue of you standing faithful even in the face of the trial of cancer the trial of heart issues, the the trial of whatever health setback it may be that will bring that loved one to Jesus. COVID-19 might be just what it takes to cause us as a nation and as a state and as a community, as a church, to turn our eyes and, more importantly, our hearts back to the Lord. And if it takes that for Him to receive glory, then let it be. Let us be humbled that He might be glorified. In the aftermath of my parents' car accident back in September, I watched God receive glory in such an amazing way. Miracle after miracle happened that I just continue to thank the Lord for. There's the miracle of of my precious little girl, Liz Kate, not even being harmed in that accident. What a miracle. God did that. God did that. I see the the miracle that happened of of allowing my dad to be well enough to be the caregiver for my mom for for the long period of time that she was in the hospital and rehabbing. He allowed my dad, even in that accident, even sitting there right at the impact, to be okay enough to take care of my mom. And, And miracle after miracle happened to save my mother's life. It allowed her to rehab and to be back on her feet in a matter of weeks rather than a matter of months, even though she was broken all over. God touched her body and gave her strength. And I know thousands of you out there, whether you're our Brinesburg members or from another church and you're watching this morning, you were praying. And we felt those prayers. And many of your churches were praying. 
And it made a difference. God touched my mom's life. And through that, so many people gave glory and honor to the Lord. So many doctors and nurses said, this is a God thing. What you're experiencing here, the kind of healing you're experiencing here, the fact that your neck wasn't, wasn't broken to a place where it killed you, all of those things, the doctor said, praise God, God was in this. And he received glory. And so just this last week, I've been talking a lot to my mama this week. We've been talking a lot. And my mom this week, we were talking about what she's been through since September and, and what we're going through now. And, and with tears in her eyes, she said to me, she said, Brad, she said, if God receives greater glory from my pain and from my injuries, then it's all been worth it. If God receives greater glory, then it's all been worth it. Brinesburg, Marshall County community, whoever you are watching today on Facebook Live, you could be anywhere in this world. If God receives greater glory from our pain and from our setbacks, and if our eyes, and more importantly, if our hearts are turned back to Him because of COVID-19, then it's all been worth it. To God be the glory. To God be the glory this morning. Because it's not about us. It truly is all about Him. And many of you this, this morning, I know you're hurting. And here in just a moment, we're going to pray again together. We're going to pray as a church family. We're going we're to get close. You're going to get close to that screen that you're in front of. And we're going to pray together. And we're going to pray for God to take away COVID-19, if it be his will. But also this morning, we're just going to pray for one another. Many of you are out there and you're hurting and, and, and there's job losses. I heard just today, uh, one, one instance, we have a small business owner who let me know that somebody gave $1,000 just to take care of those employees and said, I don't want anybody to know it, but you know, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to bless. That's God at work. That's God's hand moving in our community. And so many things like that are going on right now. But we just need to pray for one another. But I also recognize this morning that some of you out there this morning, you're scared, you're terrified because you're lost. You don't have the same hope and assurance that those of us with Christ have. And you need to know him this morning. And so even though we may not be able to hold your hands and lead you to Jesus this morning, we can talk to you on the phone and we can lead you to Jesus this morning. And so we're going to have some numbers on the screen this morning. But if, if they're not there, I just want you to grab a piece of paper. And you can call the church office uh, the number. And it's going to ring here in the auditorium. And I've got deacons here this morning uh, who are here and can talk to you. I've got Brother Rockney who's here this morning. And he can talk to you. But that, ch that church number is 270-527-3757. But also this morning, um, I, I've got my cell phone. And if you need to talk to me. My cell phone number is 270-703-9900. And so we're going to spend a time of, in prayer together. But if the Lord is speaking to your heart and you need to invite him into your life, we want you to have someone there to lead you. You're not alone. We are here. And we're going to hold your hand virtually through this process of leading you to Jesus. You see, Jesus Christ loves you. And he loves you so much that he came to this world and he died on the cross to pay your sin debt. He was buried in a tomb for three days. And then on the third day he rose again, victorious. 
And if you will place your faith in him, if you will turn away from your sins and place your faith in him, you can be saved today. And so if you need to talk to somebody about how you can enter into that personal love relationship, here in just a moment when we're done with our corporate prayer time, you call. You, you, you talk to somebody through typing on Facebook Live, and we're going to get you the answers you need, okay? Because I believe God desires for there to be salvation even today. Even in, this difficult, even in this difficult hour, he desires for the lost to be saved. And so as a church family, let's gather close. Let's gather close together and let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we thank you for your great love for us. As we studied in Sunday school this morning, we, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. And Lord, we ask that you would just draw us ever closer through this difficult time in, in our church and in our nation and in our world. Lord, I, I pray that you would move and, and work in a way where this morning we would even see the lost saved. Lord, I know I've got some friends out there and, and they're wondering how they can have this assurance in their life. This hope that we have in you, Lord, help them to call, help them to, to, te- to, to send messages through Facebook Live. We, we want to share with them today. But Lord, we also recognize that we've got some folks that are just hurting and scared. Uh, and I pray that you would give them comfort and, and peace and assurance today. But we pray that if it be your will, that a cure for COVID-19 might be found. But even in a greater way, Lord, we pray that you might miraculously just touch this world and take this disease away. All the way from China to the United States of America. That people that that our nation might view as enemies, that we might view them as fellow uh, men and women who need deliverance. That we might be able to share the gospel with them. And Lord, that this horrible, horrible disease might be eradicated, not from a scientist, but from you. Taking charge and doing the work that only you can do, Lord. And Lord, I know that we have a lot of reporters and a lot of scientists that might scoff at that, but you are God, and you and you alone stand tall. And so, Lord, we ask you to do a work that only you can do. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of this church in the past, and Lord, for the faithfulness through this difficult hour. I thank you for members who are loving on one another, checking on one another, uh, doing what it takes to get each other through this difficult time. But most importantly, we thank you for the relationship that we have with you. The assurance that we have that we are yours and that, that to live as Christ and to die as gain, that we're going to be okay regardless that you are faithful to us. And so, Lord, today, may you receive all the honor and the glory and the praise from all that is taking place, but also from the souls that will be saved even through these difficult days. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, 
Thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.